This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to fubarradio.com for more details. Screen Talk with Dan Clark on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of Screen Talk with me, Dan Clark. I think this is number 10. Is it 10? We've hit double figures. Wow. It's not quite Mark Maron's 701, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'll, I'm actually going to retire on 15. Uh, now, I've got to admit, I've been very bad at my job this past week or so. I went away um, and I didn't take any kind of... Um, uh, did, well, I took my phone uh, uh, with me, but I didn't take any other kind of uh, digital device. I had a digital detox or tried to. Uh, doctor's orders. I got this silly frozen shoulder thing, which, by the way, if anyone else has this problem, please uh, tweet me at Dan Clark ESQ because I want to know what other people have done to get over it because it's uh, it's a real problem. But I thought maybe it's because I write all the time. Uh, you know, I'm on my computer a lot. I don't. Yes, there's opportunities there for masturbation jokes, but it is nothing to do with that. I promise. Um, it's just being tense and writing a lot. So I went away, and but it meant I couldn't watch anything. I didn't watch anything for a week, which is probably the longest I haven't watched a TV show or a film in that long. Um, so uh, I've been. I'm really going to have to rely on our first guest today to give me uh, to give me a lot of material with film news and reviews. That will be James Gill uh, after um, after our first song, which is uh, uh, from one of my favourite films. Um, it's a hard film to watch. This uh, Magnolia because it's so. Oh my god, mate! One of my favourites. <laughs> what a movie! There you go. James Gill yes. is in the studio. In case you couldn't, uh, in case you're wondering who that was or whether that's my other voice. Uh, so- where would you put that in the all time? In the all time? That might be, that's top 20, I reckon. Uh, what? Tom Cruise, not winning Phenomenal. the Oscar for Magnolia, still keeps me awake As at a, night. As a what, supporting actor? Supporting or? actor. Yeah. He was nominated. Amazing. It's one of the finest performances I've ever seen. And Michael Caine, we, we all love Michael Caine, uh, yeah. but Michael Caine winning for the Cider House oh, Rules. Geez. Good night. You, I mean, what accent <laughs> is he doing? Good night, you princes of Maine, you. Kings of he's, New England. He's doing. Uh, he, I think he's doing Sid James's accent before he'd gone full Cockney, because it's yeah. sort of a bit South African. It's it's everywhere. Of, yeah, it's but, everywhere. I mean, Kane is amazing, but Cruz in that movie. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because I, I, when people accuse uh, Cruz of not being a great actor, Cruz is a great actor. He is a great actor. Yes, he's not a character actor. People get get those two things always mixed up. A character actor and a movie star don't necessarily. One isn't better than the other. They're both two very very different things and both equally brilliant but he has range and when you watch him in that film he is just absolutely mind-blowing Cruz could end up being a wonderful character actor the older he gets yeah he he's, could he's be. got that talent but he's still desperate to do action films at he's the still a, the, the guy will be a movie star for yeah. many more years I think he's the uh, we've gone totally off subject here but Team I'm gonna, Cruz I'm going to do this because look Yes, he's got a questionable personal life with some of the stuff that he believes in or whatever. Nothing to do with his ability as an actor. Nothing to do. If we can separate the artist this and is, the person. I mean, this is gold, yeah. by the way. Separate the artist and the person, which is something you want to talk about after their first song, by the way. So this is light by comparison. Oh, yes. But if you can separate the artist from the uh, person, I'm a big Cruise uh, fan and, and a champion of him as an actor. And I, uh, I just wish he would go back to doing some more, sort of mix it up with a few more interesting projects. So it isn't just all the Mission Impossibles and 
day after tomorrow's and things. What what was that one called? Uh, I mean, that was awesome. The Edge of Tomorrow. Edge, Edge of, of tomorrow. tomorrow, which was great. But was I want great. I want another Magnolia. Another Magnolia trying in the mix. Yeah, just thrown in there. Um, Tom, if you're listening. Tom, I know you love this show. Uh, so please, come on, man, just just do one of those. But yeah, his performance in Magnolia is great. I love that film so much. But it is a it's not one that you just flick on on a Sunday because it's there's so much crying yeah, absolutely. and pain in that film. And it's eight weeks long. And it is eight weeks long. Um, but there is, have you watched the director's cut, which is two months long? I, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, there isn't a cut. A director's cut. <laughs> but it would be that long if there was. Uh, this is the opening song from the, uh, from the film, which uh, a lot of the songs are by Amy Mann. And this is one. Is it going to end? Or will it stay on this one chord for the rest of our lives? Uh, there is a director's cut of this song <laughs> that goes on for the rest of our lives. Uh, so, uh, James James Gill uh, with us. Uh, James Gill, film editor from Shortlist. Shortlist. Magazine. The best magazine on the planet. Yes. Wow, thank you for allowing me that plug. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a weird thing to plug, uh, considering it's a free magazine. My so, boss will be delighted really? that I crowbar okay. that in. Thank okay, you. Okay, great. Uh, James, you, uh, we were texting this morning about stuff we're going to talk about news-wise, and you wanted to discuss some slightly weightier film news. Should we go weighty first? Yeah, I think we should go weighty, because let's end on a light note before we bring our guests in. So a topic came up at Shortlist yesterday, and it was Ronan Farrow has written an eviscerating essay for The Hollywood Reporter Mm -hmm. where he is supporting his sister Dylan. They are the the children of Mia Farrow and Woody Allen and Dylan has... has, She came out a few years ago to say that her, her father, Woody Allen, had allegedly sexually abused her. Ronan Farrow has previously supported her with a blog post. However, this piece, if you haven't read it um, on The Hollywood Reporter, please do read it. It's it, He's a, a beautiful writer. He, he's a reporter. It's a fantastic piece. Um, and it's him. It's not just him um, going for Woody Allen. It's also him making a point about the press. So the, the old guard of the press would often leave these things well alone. They wouldn't dare to ask these questions of these stars accused of certain things for fear of burning bridges with publicists and therefore burning bridges with other stars. And Ronan Farrow is making the point that times are changing. We've seen it with the Cosby, what happened there with Hannibal Buress, a, a, mm-hmm. a fellow comedian. Um, and we are starting to see it with Alan. And then what was interesting was that the piece last night was retweeted uh, and shared by the likes of Sarah Silverman and the likes of Judd Apatow. So this piece really has blown up. And it, it, it's such a hot topic because... On one hand, Woody Allen is one of the greatest directors of all time, responsible for, I mean, films like Annie Hall and Manhattan. These are timeless pieces of work. However, and match these, point. The, I, I quite <laughs> like Match Point, you know. However, these uh, accusations, I need to be careful how I phrase this legally, are pretty much a, a, as bad as it as it can get. So, just so f- for people that don't know uh, exactly what the allegations are. And they are allegations at this point. It's just, it's that he, did he repeatedly or was yeah, it yes. a one-off? So, so, so Mia Farrow had, co- had come out a few years ago to say that this had happened. And there, there was a tension at the time. And in the end, because the girl was so young, Farrow actually withdrew her from the spotlight because 
she was being a mum. Yeah. She was worried that it was taking her toll on her daughter. Ronan Farrow is now 28, uh, which is perhaps why he feels... I mean, the, the piece is wonderful because he's also criticising himself. I think he feels that in the past he could have done more about certain things. He, as a reporter, once interviewed someone who'd written a biography about uh, about Bill Cosby and he felt that he, he should have pressed the guy more and he didn't. So he, he, I guess he's saying to all of us that there needs to be greater responsibility in these. Woody Allen still attracts incredible talent and I, I guess Farrow is also perhaps questioning whether these... A-listers, let's be honest, if you look at the people who still work with Alan, you're talking about people at the peak of their powers. He's questioning whether these people should be queuing up to appear in Alan's movies. See, I uh, I mean, it's a really tricky one for me because uh, I desperately want to work with him. <laughs> no, I, I just I, I don't want it to be true because he is one of my film heroes. Um, but, you know... I think that's part of the problem, isn't it? That I think is collectively, we all... You know, we all you know, we all sort of wish it wasn't true. However, I, I do urge you, uh, dear listener, p- to please check out Ronan Farrow's well, piece because it, it, it's crikey, he, he he puts together quite the case. Well, the uh, the thing is, is at this stage, it's like the Michael Jackson thing. You know, it, it's it's it is literally one person's word against another, or in Jackson's case, two people's word against another person's. And until you really, really know. It's it's hard to you know it's hard to who knows what you, you just don't know what's going on. I know that you're saying that this is he's put forward an amazing case, but the thing is is it's like it's it's such a conflicting thing because in the uh, I think it's wor- what what was worse was the Roman Polanski thing because he was actually proved to be guilty. Yes. He was guilty. Yes. Factually guilty. Yeah. It isn't like one person saying one thing, another person saying... He was actually guilty. He fled. I'm a huge Roman Polanski fan. Yeah. I'm also a believer of, like, you know, do we... Uh, if the the victim of Roman Polan- of the Roman Polanski crime doesn't want anything to happen, she was saying, "Look, I just want it to be left alone. I don't want to go through all that stuff." So, do you respect the wishes of the victim? Do you respect the wishes of the law? But he was actually guilty, and yet people still work with him. And when you listen to the transcription of what he did, it's horrific. I think now he had a horrible, horrible life. I mean, the guy fled Nazis when he was a child. His parents were, you know, his whole family were killed by the Manson family. You know, like he's obviously a troubled guy, yeah. and you can't use that as an excuse. But in this case, this is w- in some respects worse than Cosby or Allen because people because it's actually he's actually guilty. I, 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 I yet- also think we we let we let the enormity of the talent sometimes get in the way so in this country when it's been like let's be honest naff 70s djs yeah. we you know we're, we're all instantly throwing the book at them yeah can you separate the whereas art- because we're talking about some of the greatest talents of recent popular culture cosby alan polanski yeah. that often clouds our judgment which is and totally wrong <laughs> but but there are, are there people there must be people in history you know the the Mozarts and Beethovens who probably did horrible things, but like their work now is what we know. We don't know what they did well, in their. Whereas I think that's lives. important. What what Ronan Farrow has done in that case to to blow the whistle and and attract so much so much attention, so that from now on, I mean, I personally, I I, I, I crikey, dare I say it? I won't. I, I look at the work of, of Woody Allen differently now. Yeah. Well, some people point out some of his 
films that have him in relationships with younger people and go, well, that's a bit weird, isn't it's it? That one with Charlize Theron, isn't there? Well, in Manhattan is the Manhattan, movie. of course, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, can you, you know, when you talk about separating the genius artist and the um, the man himself, can you do that with Savile? <laughs> but, I mean, that's a prime example because he was such a, you know. Buffoonish character. Joke? It is. It bad? is in a way. Well, yeah, <laughs> it is. Given what we're talking about. I mean, hang on. You're a comedian. You've got to make a joke about anything. You know, the, yeah. there's no. There's no. I'm not drawing a line or anything. I'm, I'm making more of a joke about the fact that he, what he offered culturally was nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's so like you're saying. So f- much much easier to hate. Well, like, I mean, obviously, there's no what hurdle he did. to those guys. Yeah, there's no because no the hurt. talent. Because the talent. Let's be honest, wasn't there. Yeah. So there's no barrier to overcome. It's easier to to go for them. But because the hurdle of talent with Alan and Polanski and Cosby is so high, that's the that's the thing that yeah. we as a society have struggled to overcome. Well, like I say, I want it to not be true. Uh, I'm going to read this article because you know I, I'm not. I'm not just because I don't want it to be true. I'm not going to ignore everything that's out there, but um, you know, it would really it would be awful. It would be awful because of how much he's influenced me as a writer, performer, film lover. You know, you cannot understate the influence that Alan has had on films and comedy. I mean, I mean, even to this day, there are still people still do routines that are so similar to Alan's. Stand up, you know mm. the. I mean the. I mean I, I. recently saw a variation on the. You know the gag where the punchline is Alan was looking in a mirror the whole time. Mm-hmm. I've, I still see X on the circuit doing. Do you use it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And it turned out it was a mirror. You like that is yeah, yeah. that is a fifty year old joke. Well, there's also people making Woody Allen esque movies as well. Absolutely, still, you know. Um, well, should we move on to something a bit lighter? Well, yes. <laughs> I wish I had a segue, but I do not. Uh, so a couple, uh, it would appear that it's not just movies getting rebooted as movies. Uh, now movies are getting rebooted as TV shows, or, or that trend is is uh, continuing because both Lethal Weapon and The Exorcist are now becoming TV shows. And, and before that, we've already had, like, 12 Monkeys. Yes. We've had, they tried Zombieland, they tried... Zombieland is a, is a puzzler because that it would appear would make a great TV show, and the pilot was okay, wasn't it, by all accounts? Because the, the film is a is yeah, it's a, brilliant, it's a treat, brilliant. and they're making the sequel this yeah, year, yeah, I believe, yeah. aren't yeah. they? Um, so for whatever reason, sometimes when they try a movie as a TV show, it just—I mean, look at Mash. That's probably the most yeah. successful example of all time, isn't it? Um, so yes, we've got Damon Wayans as Murtor, which it seems great casting. Yeah. Um, who doesn't love David Wines? <laughs> uh, and then it's uh, a character actor called Clayne Crawford from Rectify is taking on the role of Riggs, who is a former Navy SEAL. Now, really, when you strip away uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, and it's a uh, show about a white cop and a black cop, is that still Lethal Weapon? I mean, what makes it Lethal Weapon? Because of the backstory of Riggs, I guess, because he's the... He's that uh, the, he's the unhinged maverick. He's in this. He's I think his wife died in the films, whereas in this I think it's his wife and I believe his daughter. So he he's still the lethal weapon. He's still unhinged. Right. In this, he's a former Navy SEAL. So you know, in the movies, was he, he a Vietnam vet? He was a Vietnam vet yeah. in the in yeah. the original. Um, but but surely in this day and age, they wouldn't let a lethal weapon on the police force, wouldn't there be health and safety regulations? Now that would be a rubbish program. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me, can I just uh, point out? That, yeah, uh, uh, I'd like to be a cop. I'm a <laughs> I'm afraid you're too unhinged. It End was- credits. <laughs> oh, that'd be brilliant. A 10 minute episode. Yeah. No more. That's it. Yeah. Thank you for watching Lethal Weapon. <laughs> there will be no more. Uh, and The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Gina yeah. Davis. Uh, 
is 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 appearing in the Exist TV appearing show. Appearing in it. Appearing. I think that she, is, will she be in it as a regular? She'll be in it. Yeah. I think she's in it regular. I, I've said to, I've said on this show before that I sometimes worry when a, when a, an actor or actress who we haven't seen for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they're perfectly happy. I mean, she's a very good archer, isn't she? Tried yeah, to make yeah, yeah. the US Olympic team. But I I will walk. I'll be walking down the street to a supermarket and I think, oh god, I've not seen such and such in a film for a while. I hope they're all right. Yeah. So when I saw Gina Davis, I was like, oh great, Gina's in The Exorcist. Um, so, I, I, I agree. I agree with you. I was listening to an Alec Baldwin podcast uh, and he was interviewing um, uh, Kathleen Turner and she sort of quit because she had chronic arthritis or something and she had to focus on being a mum for a while and then when you're out of the game for a bit I guess for a woman it's even harder as well um, and it's it's weird. It's like wow, she was in some of the biggest she films was, in the eighties, absolute eighties icon. Yeah, and she was amazing. And you know, she was these fantastic, people, she was such fantastic. charisma. Ah, and then when she came such back as Chandler's uh, mum dad, mum dad. Yeah, and she was she, she was, was fantastic. And what a bold thing to do yeah, to absolutely. play a post. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, amazing. And she, um, I, I got my uh, my girlfriend had never seen more of the roses, so I made her watch it the other day, and it is a. Fucking brilliant! Does it still film. hold up? It still holds up. Not seen up. it for years. Completely. Not as good as *Romancing the Stone*. Do you follow? Is... Do you follow Michael Douglas on Facebook? I don't. Please do. Oh god. Michael Douglas. He, uh, we all love Michael Douglas. We love Douglas. But uh, Douglas is a bit of a. I, I would love to meet Michael Douglas. So I don't want to. I don't, I don't like criticizing anyone. If you if you're a regular listener, you will know that I am Johnny Positive. Yeah. But he he's responsible for some of the most beautiful humble brags on Facebook. So one of them the other day was. Uh, it was so wonderful to see my old co-star. Annette Benning again, and you think, oh, this is nice. This is yeah. this is lovely from Michael. And then it was as she presented me with a medal for being <laughs> awesome, and it was like, oh, Michael, there's a medal for that. <laughs> yeah, yes, for there being is. Awesome? Yes. Well, I enjoy Stallone's uh, uh, <coughs> Twitter or or Instagram feed because it's basically him taking pictures of him with other famous actors. Right, okay. It's almost like he's not famous himself. <laughs> like he's, he, just some he's not aware boy. that he's an icon yeah. of America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what other news do we have? So the, the, uh, the first trailer for Assassin's Creed is mm-hmm. out with the Fass. Michael Fassbender is leading us. I tell you, the trailer looks awesome. I've had a good think about this and I can't think of a single video game to movie transfer that has really on the business yeah I, well other than Super Mario Brothers obviously yeah. I mean that's a given um, what <laughs> I mean <laughs> just thinking about that like Bob Hoskins as a Super Mario Brothers uh, that, have you ever seen that film not all the way no, through no no it's practically unwatchable what before you talk about the trailer what is the what is because I'm not a game person it I looks pretty games. faithful to the yeah. games and what is the game the game is it's you- kind of martial art it's See, quite com- it, the, the storyline is slightly complicated. So you are you go to like a facility where your memories of an ancestor are transferred into you, and you travel back in time wow. to fight crime. And there's lots of jumping off high ledges. That is what the that's the trademark of the game, really. These super slow mo long dives off the top of buildings. And then the the final shot of the trailer is Fassbender pulling off one of these iconic plunges off the top of a tower. So it look it does look like they've. I would describe the trailer as a cross between Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven and a Bourne movie. There's lots of awesome hand to hand combat and jumping mm-hmm. about and diving, and it's got that epic, dirty, gritty feel of Kingdom of Heaven, which even if you didn't like the film, I thought still looked beautiful. Well, uh, I look forward to that. Now, who's who's directed that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is Michael Massbender. 
Uh, I always make lots of notes for appearing on Dan's show. I'm looking at them now, and that is a gaping omission. Oh dear. <laughs> well, to, to end on to end on a light note, yeah. there is a pretty laughable conspiracy theory doing the rounds that Disney pay off journalists to give all the Disney movies awesome reviews and rival movies bad reviews. For example, the theory there is a petition that you can sign. What will this petition achieve? I don't know. Um, their theory is that Disney pay off journalists to give the Marvel Cinematic Universe films really strong reviews and then other superhero movies not so good reviews. And do you believe this? Well, as someone who has reviewed uh, many Disney superhero movies and rival superhero movies, I would like to know where the Disney money is, please, <laughs> because I haven't received a penny. Yeah, I'm not sure. Do you think they... Um, I mean... For- do, do you think they're concerned about your reviews, or that's not? I don't mean that in an offensive <laughs> Thanks, way. Dad. But uh, do you think they Disney are like James? Listen, we got to get a, a, a briefcase to James Field. <laughs> I would say that my who, recent- do you, who? I mean, what? Who's because in a world where um, word of mouth and internet uh, uh, promotion is key now. Who? What kind of reviews are, there, are we talking? Are we talking. We're talking. All, I think they're talking all reviews everywhere. So one, the, the the main example, I guess, is the reviews of Batman and Batman and Superman, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I'm you the were, only person you were on paid. planet Earth. Who, <laughs> well, the theory goes that no, you'd be paid to give, say, Guardians of the Galaxy and Civil War and yeah. Iron Man, etc. You, you'd be paid Bad off reviews. to give no awesome reviews. It's right. Disney who are doing the paying. Yeah. So therefore, oh, they believe me because Disney own Marvel. Oh, of course they do, yes. Wow. I shouldn't have brought this up, have no, no, but I just, I don't know. It's just, there's so, there's so much corruption in the world. It's like, where isn't it happening? Well, I, well, it's my understanding that it isn't happening in film reviews. <laughs> okay, good. Um, is there, w- what film is, has sparked this uh, current theory? Well, the, because the review, the reason why it's resurfaced is because of the reviews of X-Men Apocalypse, which... Are mixed. So- They've been mixed. mixed. Yeah. They have been mixed. Um, yes. Ah. So obviously it's Disney. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, who else could it be? I'm seeing it Monday. I love Brian Singer. I love the X Men movies. Um, I got to speak with one of the stars of X Men Apocalypse. It's out in uh, next week's shortlist. Out Thursday. Who, are you going to tell us? I'm not, I, I, don't, I, I, not I think there might be. Uh, I think it, it's it's it's. I better not say just in case that it's a big reveal because it's a, a a big a big star. Someone you and okay. I both love a great deal. Oh, good. And he was Michael Douglas. Awesome. I didn't know he was in it. That's a big reveal. <laughs> Michael Douglas comes back as Wolverine. Oh, oh, that would be good. I'd watch that with a with big grey sideburns. I would watch that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, James. Always a pleasure to have you on. God bless um, you, my friend. Next week, can we talk about something even heavier? Yes. If that's possible. Is that possible? About um, the uh, I don't know. The problem with paedophilia in Hollywood or wow. something. <laughs> wow. No, I don't know. I was actually watching a Corey Feldman uh, interview a couple of weeks ago where he sort of uh, allured to the fact that this is an issue. I'm like, God, it's nothing sacred. Oh, <laughs> not, hang on, let me just say, not that I thought Hollywood was sacred, but do you know what I mean? It's like... What was he what alleging? Was that there was... That that happened in within the system. Well, I look forward to talking about yeah. this in detail. No, we're not going to talk about no. it. We're not going to talk about it. I think it was just, you know, endemic of that era, the 70s and 80s. There was a lot of dodgy men in those those two decades. It's, it's staggering, isn't it? Yeah. 
It's just, you know, if I, if I was 60 now, I'd be terrified that someone's going to knock on my door and arrest me any minute because you were obviously like 20 in the 70s when it was okay to do certain things. I mean, it's awful. I want to know more. Well, no, I didn't do anything. Oh, right, okay, I sorry. Oh. <laughs> I thought we were going to get a FUBAR exclusive there. <laughs> no. Wow, incredible. Uh, I was actually not born for most of the 70s and a child, so it would have been really difficult for me to do stuff. Um, Dan, thank you for having us. No, you, it's always. been a pleasure. Thanks, uh, we're going to play uh, our first uh, song from our next guests. This is My Rifle, My Pony and Me by Dean Martin and Ricky Nelson. Screen Talk with Dan Clark on FUBAR Radio. So that was Bert's cho- George's cho- Bert's no, choice. Bert's choice. His choice. choice. Your choice. choice. Yeah. Uh, why did you pick that song? I just think it's a lovely song. Yeah. Um, but from a from a film, which film was it's that from? from? Rio it was from Rio Bravo. Rio Bravo, of course. Which, um, classic. It's a classic. It's not one of my. I mean, I like it, but I wouldn't put it in my top ten. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's just a lovely moment in the film where it's that sort of. Uh, they often have it in action films where it's that little break in the action and they all kind of. Just sit around and, and... It's quite a Western thing to yeah, do, Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, sometimes you find out a bit more about the characters, or but in this one they just sing a nice little song. Wasn't, and, uh, wasn't there a um, TV show called Rio Bravo about a police force or something? Ooh, ooh, in the 80s? So. No. Am I, can we Google that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, with us uh, in the studio now, uh, we are very lucky to have George Jeffrey and Bert Tyler Moore. Could you uh, just say hello uh, and say your name so that people know, people can distinguish uh, the difference? I'm George Jeffrey. I could. Yeah. Th- thick Scottish accent. <laughs> with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes you. I'm Bert, the one who was just talking about yeah. Dean Martin. <laughs> and Bert, are you related to uh, Mary? No, that's it's a made-up showbiz name. Is it? Yes. Oh, I love it. Hey, you fell for it. <laughs> no, I fe- a I fell for it, but also I love it because I always wanted to do that when I was younger, and yeah. for some reason didn't have the courage. Well, see, my real name is Dave Turner. No way. Dave Turner. I like that. Because I used to do stand-up comedy. Yeah. So I thought when I started doing that, I need a bit of a kind of a showbizy name. And also it's the sort of hangover of punk when everyone made up names like Elvis Costello. And and it also confused the DHSS. (laughs) (laughs) More to the point. Um, And a sort of John Cooper Clark sort of esque name. Do you you Uh, feel like like, like the three? Is that his real name? No, no. But that's what I'm saying. Like maybe he didn't. No, I no, I. It was the Elvis Costello theory, which was obviously Elvis is there's only one Elvis. And yeah. I thought there's only one Tyler Moore. Yeah. Mary Tyler Moore. Is this a football chant? <laughs> <laughs> well, we we should uh, uh, inform our listeners of exactly what kind of work you guys have been up to um, as a duo and separately. Your writing uh, credits include. This is a long list. Uh, this is just some of the stuff you've done. Psycho it's all, bitches. It's all as a duo, sorry, I should say. Is it all mm, as a yeah, duo? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Psycho bitches, Harry and Paul, The Kumars, Tracy Ullman Show, Full Britannia, uh, Armstrong and Miller Show, In with the Flins, Mitchell and Webb Look, My Family, Dame Edna, Alan Carr, Big Train, Lenny Henry. I'm sure there's ones that you've not been mm. credited as, as well. Uh, yes, there'd be a you few, know? but I, I, yeah. I don't know what they are. But and yeah. then, <laughs> of course, uh, yeah. you co-created uh, and wrote the very popular Star Stories and currently have the uh, new comedy The Windsors are on Channel 4 which is yes. going out yeah. what days of the week? Friday nights at 10 ah, on that's Channel a, 4 the classic slot yes. back I in know. the day does <laughs> yes. it mean anything anymore the Friday night slot does it 
Yeah. It used to be. Well, the, I don't know, we were. We didn't uh, particularly want to get in that slot because it, I think there is quite a lot of comedy that normally is on there, and we didn't really want to go up against it, or we wanted to right. slip out at sort of two in the morning on a Tuesday. But uh, that's no. that's <laughs> yeah. wow. You are ambitious. You are. I know what you mean, though. There's sometimes shows that are found by the exactly. audience are sort of they feel like they're more beloved in a way because yeah. they have that kind of ownership. Yeah, than yeah. when it's been thrust upon people, you know? But in a way, I can understand why they've done it, because, it, I mean, it is the royal family, and mm-hmm. so, in a way, you can't really sneak that no, into the net. It's, you know, it's so sort of no, it's got Harry Enfield in it yeah, and stuff. And, yeah. uh, and it kind of reminds me a bit of a royal family version of Star Stories. Is that? Do you feel like that's a fair... It's, Observation. It's got some of the. It's got a lot of the sort of attitude of uh, Star Stories, yeah. but the actual format's quite different, really. Because I mean, it is it is a soap opera. This uh, Windsor's, uh, mm-hmm. whereas that was uh, a little doco film of uh, you know, say uh, George Michael's life, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, had a voiceover, and you would just jump around for the funniest bits and just. Uh, cov- feel, cover I, f- it. I feel like I can see your voice in that compared to say something like Pete versus Life which is another of your shows yeah. that you co-created yes. yes that felt like I guess it's because it is taking you know a bit of a swipe at people that we know and exi- and that currently exist as well yes that, absolutely um, yes yeah and I think as well uh, in both Star Stories and The Windsors there's a kind of there's a looseness in that you can be silly and mm-hmm. go off at little tangents and um you know, it's, it's not all, it's not sort of slavishly. No, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, and also it's just sort of our style when, we, when we're doing stuff about real people like this who are they're not evil, but, you know, a, a bit twatty in a way. <laughs> Nothing unpleasant, but, you know, deserve a little bit of gentle ribbing. It's just to get to the, you know, the bit that makes them funny yeah, or, yeah. or a bit, you know, to be mocked as quickly as possible. Just How did it come about? How did the, um, the idea of doing a... a, a a kind of is would you say it's a spoof soap or would you, to me it felt almost yeah, kind of like a yeah I suppose it, more like a sitcom about the royal family but imagining them yeah I mean, it's, soap was always a bit very much a touchstone yeah. for it uh, but if you look at stuff like Kimmy Schmidt or something like that they'd never claim to be soapy soaps mm-hmm. but they are very soapy mm-hmm. you know they'll they'll end on longing looks to somebody who's just walked out a door they'll use all the tricks of soap but they you know they're sitcoms you know, straight up and down sitcoms really yeah. So wh- where did the idea come from? What were well, you well, it was a chat I w- was having with the, um, the the guy who ended up being the executive producer, uh, Robert Wolf Cochran. We, d- we both you only work with double barrel. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, we were we were just sort of slagging off the royal family, and I think it was probably round about the time of the wedding, and mm-hmm. just saying, God, everyone's so respectful, and mm-hmm. and one yeah, we just started talking and one thing led to another and we just the idea of a so using well initially I think he was saying oh it would be good to do a show but we can't we couldn't possibly use the real names could we and then I was sort of saying well you know, we did that in Star Stories what is the libel issue what is the the kind of uh, I think legal we're, we're at the mercy of their generosity I think uh, actually I mean the, the the trick with Star Stories was always uh, it's either absolutely bang on true or it's so silly that they'll never never bother uh, suing over it and uh, we ended up having no trouble at all with that. You know, it was either true or uh, too silly. And this, it's little of it is true. It's really, it's all mm-hmm. very, very silly. Uh, it would be a bit weird of them to spend a lot of time and money suing, yeah. suing you guys. I'd, I mean, it'd be great for you guys. It'd be really good publicity. Yes. But so, <laughs> if any of you are listening from the royal family, um, but I suppose yeah. as well, it, it's 
the other thing is it's not it's so removed from yeah. from what they really are that that uh, you know Although I think Harry Enfield's um, interpretation is actually quite accurate. It's very accurate. Yeah. But, yes. but he can really, uh, if, if he wants to, he can do an absolutely perfect one. It, it be, he's doing our characters, we've written him, but if he does his own version of Charles with yeah. all Charles's mannerisms, it's absolutely indistinguishable. Oh, wow. he, he's brilliant. I'd like to see that. Um, so you touched on the, like, this um, notion that you were surprised by people's outpouring of love for the royal family. Well, I wasn't surprised. It was just like, oh, was, my God, I'm sick of it. I was really surprised when the, um, was it in 2012 or 2011, mm. when uh, was Kate, Kate and Will's wedding? Yeah. And yeah. just how it was like, you know, the, the flags came mm. out and there mm. was a long weekend and people were really... Mm. I was actually on tour doing a stand-up tour and I was in somewhere like Buxton or Harrogate or somewhere. Yeah. And the whole town was set up and I was like, wow, I thought we'd sort of you know gotten over this i thought this was an 80s thing like what yeah. no it's but true i mean polls you know they are incredibly popular but uh uh there's a you know substantial minority who aren't quite so keen but uh, yeah, yeah. And i suppose that's going back to the original conversation that's what we were kind of saying isn't it time that 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 substantial minority sort of yeah. had a little are bit you, of a say you know? so are you staunchly anti no royal not, family not, not staunchly if there was a vote i know which way i'd vote but okay. uh, uh i you know, they're so entrenched, and I'm sure I feel like lots of people just oh, it's not worth worrying about. Yeah, yeah. So my view on it was, uh, you know, they've got a bit of power, they're a bit ridiculous, they're an absolute perfect target for a comedy mm -hmm. show, uh, but I wouldn't get my knickers in a twist about it. But, um, and yeah. the important thing as well is the show doesn't have that agenda. Yeah. I mean, because if it did, it would be so sort of political and boring. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the show is just meant to be funny and silly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, a great show. What, what episode are we on at the moment? Uh, episode three is about to go out on uh, this Friday. Yes. And um, is there any talk of uh, 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 more doing more? Yeah. Or is it too talk. early? Too little early. To early. Say? Little yeah. early. It's gone. It's gone very well. I mean, the reviews have been good, and uh, the viewing figures are very good. So. Uh, well, we have a little clip. This isn't Ooh, something excellent. we do very often oh, on this great. show, but we actually have a little clip. So uh, this is um, from uh, episode three. To lager, excuse me, meat. Uh, darling? Snake bite in black. Oh, excuse me, your highnesses. These are on a house. Oh, no, 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 no. We've left the royal family. Yeah, we're just Wills and Kate, two normal people who happen to live in Rickmansworth. Oh, right. Well, in that case, it's eight pounds forty. Ah, is this one ten pints? Mm, yep, that's right. Actually, it's this one. Oh, yeah. You think I'd know in my line of work? Mm. So you uh, you ain't going to be king and queen no more? Nope, we're just going to be plain old Mr and Mrs Windsor, only without the castle. <laughs> plain old Mr and Mrs Windsor, only without the castle. Yeah, I... Oh my God, people used to laugh just because I was a prince. I'm not the funniest man in the world. Very funny. Very funny. Um, weirdly, without the visuals, it's it almost sounded like the Archers or something. I know, I know. There are a lot of visual jokes in that piece. Yeah, it's a weird choice. Um, so you guys have written together. Have you? Did you ever write separately, or was it 
until you met each other and you're like, hey, I like writing, me too. Or we, well, uh, did you put an ad out in the back of... Uh, no, we were, we were both... Uh, I used to do stand-up and George was in a double act. Yeah, and this is sort of in the late 80s and 90s and we yeah. became friends and, uh, you know, you have so much spare time being a stand-up. We used to think, oh, you know, we could spend a couple of hours doing some writing a couple of days a week. And we did that and it, you know, sort of, uh, sort of took off. Took off a bit strong, but it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gently went up a gradient. Well, you, you make a career out of it, so I think that, that took off. And uh, have you ever written separately, or is it is it very much... I've written you, a few bits and bobs of my own. I mean, before we went yeah, yeah. up, yeah, I was always trying to write something or other. But it, it wasn't really until, you know, the, the, the two of us met that it really how how do you how does it work because i write and i write on my own and there's a lot of uh there's let's just say a lot of darkness happens <laughs> that i think if there was one other person maybe it wouldn't get quite so bad like does is that part of the reason you like working together or is it because one of you has a strength one of you's good at characters or one of you's good at plot or like no it's not that it's i think we're both we're both more or less equal at everything but it, it's more that there's a sort of a such a happy democracy it's a chemistry it's a sort of yeah. a the the, the oh God, i always forget how to say it the sum of the parts is great the whole is greater than the sum yeah. of the parts it sort of becomes the combination becomes a different thing if, mm. you, if you see what i mean yeah, it's, yeah it's, but then you on the downside you have to split the money <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, that's why I don't do it <laughs> very selfish but so, but what is your actual process how do you do it do you we, sit together do mm, you yeah, yeah we're pretty old fashioned we sit in each other's kitchens uh, uh, with a laptop open I type does it have always. to be a kitchen it has to be a kitchen yeah uh, for tea, the tea. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. can be a breakfast bar occasionally but no mainly it's a kitchen table uh, and we just uh, thrash it out um uh, that's not very informative, but that's yeah. uh, basically how it happens. You, but but is there ever a moment where one of you is like, do you just get inspiration and you're like, I've got all these ideas, but I can't write until George is here, or oh, I must, I, I really want to type, but oh, well, I can't we may do have it. an idea. We just you know, oh, I had this thought you know yesterday or over the weekend, and uh, you know that that like you know indeed the Windsors. I mean, Bert turned up one morning with that and he said, you know, I've been having this chat, and what about this? And, uh, you know, so the creative process can happen outside the room, but uh, yeah. generally it all gets written down together. Uh, yeah, because th th when I, I was in a sketch group years ago, and uh, what Electric I found... Eel. Electric Eel. Yeah, Eel. Well, yeah, well remembered. Well. Wow. Comedy Nation. God. Yes, God. We were on Comedy Nation. Were you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. There you go. Oh, yes. Comedy <laughs> Nation Kids, if uh, <laughs> if you're too young to know, was a show that spawned many legends. Um, Wasn't too. Sasha Baron Cohen on it? He was, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Sasha was on it. And Julia Davis was on it. Julia Davis, Julian Barrett. Yeah. Did the pod. Do you remember the pod? Yes. Yep. Yep. Which was brilliant. Um, yeah, so uh, when we used to write together, we used to uh, sometimes spend like an hour debating a character's name. Oh, yeah, we do yeah. that, yeah. And then, yeah. And then when I um, started writing on my own, I got like 10 pages done in a day. Now, they weren't very good, <laughs> yeah. but I was like, wow, you can get a lot more done. It's just, it needs a lot more work afterwards. Yeah, it's the rigour goes out of it. Yeah. I, I find if I ever sit down and try anything on my own, it's, uh, you know, oh, yeah, that'll do for now, and uh, I'll come back and fix that later, and then don't. So, 
Um, what about holidays and you know what about if someone's dog's ill do you get annoyed with the other one for stuff well, like that we sort of work out and we, when we were, we're very good at keeping like office hours well I say office hours yeah. we, we start at 10.30 and finish at 5 usually but unless there's big pressure you know, mm-hmm. to deliver something but um, are you both based in London no we were no. originally I mean we both used to live around here which is uh, Holloway oh, yeah. uh, uh, but uh I live in Amersham now, and Bert lives in Southwark. Uh, so how do how do you do that? It's then? actually not too bad. It's about an hour and a quarter door to door. So uh, do you ever do you ever Skype your meetings? No, no, no. old school. <laughs> Very I old. Think we could do. I mean, and we've Skyped with other people, but it it's just because I think part of the process is sitting around having a cup of tea mm-hmm. and talking about last night's telly, and you know, and I think that's the same. I think. Um, uh, there was a piece on creativity in some magazine, and it, it's the same with with lots of things. Like like there used to be the, the idea that y- you know it's a waste of time to go into an office mm-hmm. and and have coffee and you know, water cooler stuff with your colleagues, but actually it's not because it's part of a creative process, and and that's all without you really thinking about it is feeding into you know yeah. stuff that actually um, well, what, ends up being creative where is it like Pixar or somewhere where they all just have ping pong tables and mm. you know bean bags and <laughs> you only work when you're inspired and yeah well that, that obviously that's when it gets a bit arsey but well, I, I'm you sure say that. They've, they've succeeded in <laughs> yeah, making yeah, a true, couple yeah, of movies true, yeah. Yeah. there's probably a lot of people that don't really have jobs there you might yeah. have to just wander in and go yeah you know I designed the legs yeah, um, yeah that sounds good go with that yeah so, uh, I've, t- having watched uh, most of your shows, the ones that you created, things like Star Stories and Pete vs. Life, they, they seem like shows that could have run and run for much longer. Were they, in some instances, were they your choice to come, no, come no, to them? No, they, <laughs> Never. Yeah. No. Yeah, we'd still be about. Stop crying. Yeah, stop sorry. crying. Yeah. Yeah. Star Stories. Uh, but they, I think we're on Star Stories, we sort of, run out of ran out of people to uh, do. Um, they were... Really yes. small niche. It had to be young and very popular, and there's really not that many. And they had to have done something. They had to be ridiculous. You know, no they point. had to have had a story like a yeah, a sex yeah. tape or a divorce or something like that. Is yeah, that, yeah. They a had, lot of them hinged on those big moments in people's yeah. real lives, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And funnily uh, enough, I, I always thought the I'm sure you agree the, the the older ones that we did were actually more interesting because they had that sort of. They had a whole back, like yeah. I mean, Paul McCartney and Elton John. Mm-hmm. And, but we could only do them because at the time something tabloidy had was happened. happening in right. their lives. Yeah, yeah. Like Paul McCartney was getting divorced at the time, so he was right on the front page for a while. But you could, like now, since well, how long ago did it finish? About 2005. No, no, 2008 it finished, I think. Really? Yeah, Come well, on. that yeah. is almost. That's eight years ago, but yeah. there's a lot. There's the the Kanyes and Kardashians of the world. There's a lot of new people you could do. Yeah, but I'm not. Interested You're not interested in them as, as like Paul McCartney. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm Are sure you, if, they, if they made us an offer, did we you ever a... did you ever do anyone that uh, you were a fan of and you felt guilty about taking the piss out of? No, oh, no. Paul, no. I mean Paul, Paul <laughs> McCartney. I mean, obviously, we're both fans of Paul McCartney, but yeah. uh, you know, you can be a fan and think well. You know, you shouldn't be haggling with taxi drivers <laughs> for a tenner, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is, uh, you know, something he uh, allegedly does. Well, you know, uh, oh, that's terrible. You know, the um, we were talking about Woody Allen a minute ago or a few minutes back. And um, I remember that Dennis Pennis, Paul K did Dennis Pennis to Woody Allen. And apparently he said, uh, uh, you know, afterwards he said, I felt so awful. Oh, I think that was Steve Martin. 
No, he did also do Woody really? Allen. Yeah, he did. Because oh, I know he did Steve Martin and felt terrible about yeah. that as well. And but he's actually in a Woody Allen film. Yeah, Paul Max Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So does Woody I, Allen know? I don't know. I was, I was like, did he get on set and go, look, first things first. I'm really sorry about that joke I did on you back in uh, the nineties. Woody Allen probably had no idea who he was. Um, so there wasn't anyone that you were like, oh god, if he watches. Uh, no. Well, actually, I, I tell you, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't very happy with was uh, we really took the Mickey out of Anton Deck, and yeah. uh, I think our producer put that stuff in, and I really like Anton Deck, yeah. or you know, and also personally as well. Uh, and I always felt slightly bad about that one. Yeah, but that's the only one that springs to mind. I know uh, quite a lot of the performers in it, and I've been out with one or two of them when they've seen someone that they played. Like yeah. I know that uh, Ollie Mortman, who was in the first yeah. series, met Sean Pertwee. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> what just, happened? He just pointed his finger at him, <laughs> oh <my laughs> like God. in a sort of you, why I order sort of thing. And I think Noel Gallagher came up to hit Ollie and Kevin one point. And I don't think you ever did Noel Gallagher, did you? I think that they were guest, guest yeah. stars. Oh, in yeah, the that's Robbie, right. Tom, the Tom Meaton Robbie played um, Liam Gallagher, didn't he? Or Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And he was like, ah, oh, I've seen you guys. You know, yeah. uh, That's a man man accent, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. But actually, it was very funny on the pilot of that. Uh, it was very hard to uh, get people to uh, be in it um, because it was, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, you know, you don't want to. Uh, upset yeah. this lot because it was natural nylon who were the British film industry That's at the right. time yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, nobody wanted to upset them at all so uh, I think uh, Reese Thomas was you know and not that he wasn't the first choice but he was uh, he was brilliant at uh, stepping forward and doing it yeah. he was great played Jude Law yeah that was um, that was the pilot right and it was also in the series yeah. as well yeah, yeah that's right yeah yeah. yeah. so is there anything you want to crack net is, there, or are you, is TV what you love doing or is it would you like to do film? Is there a West End show? The Burton George West? You do know that you're known as Burton George, right? That's how you. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it, you're like, <laughs> do you not like that? Perfectly I don't mind that. it. Well, you wouldn't because it's you first. <laughs> Burton George. George. Bert. I know, but then when you go on a website to look up uh, any information, mm. it's the other way around. So I don't know how. I think it's all alphabetical. I think yeah. uh, Jeffrey comes before Tyler Moore, but, uh, and Bert comes before George. But uh, you sound like artists. You sound like uh, Gilbert. Yeah. Sullivan yeah. or something uh, uh, or who Gilbert are they and George. Gil Gilbert and George that's <laughs> who I'm thinking of yeah. um, now moving on to uh, your guilty pleasure right oh, yeah. now you um, we do this every week we, we ask our guests to pick a guilty pleasure it could be film or a TV show but people tend to pick films now you guys picked one each we can only do one oh. but I do want to mention quickly your choice I, I can't remember uh, who picked Kelly's Heroes. I picked you, Kelly. Let's mention that because that to me doesn't seem like a guilty pleasure. So I just before we talk about the other one, which I feel like you know there's more to discuss. Okay, it. yeah. Why did you pick Kelly's Heroes? Uh, well, I, I took you at your word, really. I thought that was a slight. Uh, I would feel slightly guilty spending an afternoon watching that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, re I think it is an excellent film. Uh, but it. it and also, I like the writer of it. I'm a big fan of Troy Kennedy Martin, who mm -hmm. also wrote uh, The Italian Job um, and lots of other fantastic stuff like Edge of Darkness. Uh, but it's a, just a, a, a great film, and I've got, always got a weakness for heist films. As well. Have you ever had a conversation with someone that's gone, oh, that's terrible, what are you talking about? Like, what made you think it was it's possibly a guilty pleasure? Uh, I've just never seen it in a list. Well, not that I've particularly looked. I've never seen a list of great films or anything. Yeah. Or, uh, it might just always be number 11. You never know. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've know. never seen it edging out Apocalypse Now as the, the yeah. war film of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's well, one of the few films that Don Rickles is in. 
Yeah, he's yeah. very good at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's the uh, the hustler. You know. Yeah. Well, more. Uh, I think what's this is the first film, uh, Bert, you're, that you've picked that is a kind of current movie that is someone's guilty pleasure, and you picked. Do you want to announce Grimsby? This? Grimsby. Now this is weird. This has come up a couple of times over the last couple of months. It's been perceived as a film that flopped or failed, uh, but I know so many people, particularly comedy writers, who love it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's, you know, the general, the sort of a public yeah. opinion is, oh, that film didn't didn't. Oh, well, work. I don't know how it did, <laughs> did uh, in terms of audience, but it was certainly got some slaggings in the press. Didn't yeah, it? yeah, I think so. I think so. But the one I've I've not actually seen it probably because I've right. been affected by the opinion of it. Right. But the one clip I saw of it made me howl with laughter. Well, so. you see, I saw it before. I hadn't read anything about it. Yeah. All I knew was that um, you know Sasha Baron Cohen was in it. And uh, I needed, I wanted a film. I was, uh, well, I'd arranged to take my seventeen-year-old uh, nephew out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought, oh, God, well, it's got to be a, a film that he's going to like. Mm-hmm. Saw that, took him along, and, and literally hadn't read any of the advance reviews or anything. Or, yeah, which is always which the is best. often, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, it's always the best way to see a film. And I just thought it was hilarious. I thought yeah. it was really, really funny. It was Did your nephew of, like it as well? Yeah, he absolutely. Yeah. I mean, maybe partly I was kind of seeing it through his eyes. Yeah. He absolutely, yeah, wet yeah. himself. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I, you know, genuinely, it's full of fantastic set pieces, very, very gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I thought there was quite a lot of warmth in it as well. He, you know, you see a, quite a lot of his family, and they present them as real sort of horrible northern uh, chavs. But, yeah. but, but at the same time, you, he, you definitely know that he loves them, and they have yeah, a nice he's like relationship. Yeah, a doting father. Yeah, and stuff, yeah, right? yeah, and he yeah. really loves his brother. That's the whole sort of yeah. story of the film. So I just like I just thought it was funny and I liked it. And then when the reviews came out, I thought, what? You know, was there a moment where you like maybe maybe I I saw a different film or maybe I have a weird perception of things well, or, not or really. did you just go? Oh, they're, no, not they're being really. too intellectual. Exactly. Or, yeah, I thought they're just being a bit too uh, precious. Yeah, yeah, they should have just seen it for what it was, which was just a really funny. You know, unpretentious film. Where does it hold in his canon of work? Where do, what position do you think? Well, it's very different, obviously, to the because there's no um, hidden camera stuff. Yeah, it, it's so. It, it's but he's he's done the dictator, which was also a non-hidden oh, see, camera thing. Which I didn't yeah. see that. And it feels like people are just not as interested in seeing him in a non, sort of real life situation yeah. comedy. And there is something you know. There's, it's really hard to beat Borat. Isn't it? I mean, Borat, that's the thing. It's, it's one of the funniest films of all time. Yeah. It? it's just brilliant. I love the. Do you that. think the? Do you think Borat will hold up in like another ten years? Because people, will people still be as shocked by it, or do you think it was just really of the moment? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, it relies so much on on hidden. I mean, the the, the joke where he's uh, he's buying a car and he says, "I want." Uh, to buy a car that will attract a woman who is shaved down there. What, what should I get? And the bloke immediately just says a Pontiac. <laughs> uh, just, uh, and it, it's so. Uh, I don't know. I yeah, don't know whether survive that, the year. Yeah, surely, yeah. surely. I love that. Um, yeah. he, that. Maybe that guy had been asked that question many times before. <laughs> who knows? The naked wrestle is still. I've never been in a cinema where. Uh, for the four minutes after the scene finished, the audience are still laughing mm. after that naked <laughs> wrestle. It was... I mean, I don't think I've laughed that much since then. But that's yeah. the other thing about... Because um, a lot of the critics go along and it's like, you know, five sort yeah. of journalists Other in a critics, really yeah. empty screening room. 
and they watch a film like that, and you're bound to have a bit of cynicism about you. But if you see it in a, on a Friday night in a packed yeah. cinema, it's a totally different thing. Also, I think the minute that you're watching something with the voice going, right, I've got to review this, what am I going to say? You're not watching something in an honest yeah. way. Now, I think you can do that, and if the film is so mind-blowingly brilliant that it, it doesn't necessarily affect your judgment. But when it's just a sort of crowd-pleasing, silly, crass comedy, mm. and you're sitting there trying to think of a clever review yeah. it's like yeah. it sort of counter kind of goes against each other yeah well um i need to see grimsby that's the <laughs> upshot of this you you are another person who uh, really liked it um well thanks guys thanks for coming have you got anything other than uh, the windsors coming up after afterwards we're oh, doing a, we're, uh, we're doing a lot of sketch shows now we're doing tracy ullman's uh, sketch show again mm -hmm. and uh david williams got a sketch show who and uh newsoids is back as well which oh, is brilliant yeah so we're doing a lot of uh, a lot of sketches at the moment how long does that take to shoot newsoids oh, uh, that's got a long long time it's uh, it's up and running now they won't shoot it until uh i don't know July, August, and then uh, and then What's it'll be topical through. Oh, and right. it's kind of like anim, sort of animate. What sort of animation? It is. Would, would uh, they they build actual uh, uh, electronically controlled puppets, and then mm -hmm. they superimpose the eye and uh, mouth movements onto it oh, in right. post. And uh, and they're little sort of thunderbird size, about you know two feet high. I think these puppets. Uh, and how um, topical can you be on that show? Like, could, if you f if it's due to go out on the Sunday, was it a Sunday it went out? Yes, I think. Yeah, uh, I think it might be going out on a Saturday. I'm not, I'm not sure. What's the latest you could be writing jokes for? Some some sketches they did write up to the last. Yeah, minute. I think they can go uh, like a 24 hours before. I think. Wow. Yeah. So pretty but amazing. a lot of them are in the bank before yeah. that. Yeah. Do you like doing that kind of thing, or is there a pressure like there's nothing funny's happened uh, this week? There's a little bit of that. It's nice. It's a nice just other sort of uh, bit of your palette to, mm -hmm. to to do. You know, so in a way, it's a relief from doing because on the Windsors, you, you're you're so responsible for the story for everything. Mm -hmm. So just to write a two minute sketch can be a just a yeah. nice bit of light relief. You know. And do you? I would assume I know the answer to this, but do you prefer writing for hire or creating your own work? Oh well, uh, right, creating our own yeah. work. But, uh, well, but yeah, but there is sorry, but there is a sort of um, when you're a gun for hire. There's some. I mean, it, it's not just about oh well, we'll, we'll do that job for the yeah. money. It, it, it's you know obviously that's you know, you've got to make a living. But I think you learn stuff from from doing yeah. that. It, um, and it's yeah, which you can then apply. To, mm. to the stuff that you create, yeah. and we've never been uh, snobby about sketches. I mean, uh, you know, I love a good sketch. It's uh, you know, it's a it's a thing of joy. So you know, we've been lucky to work on some great ones. So you sounded mm. like you were talking about wine or something. Uh, I yeah. love a good sketch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. Good full-bodied sketch. Yeah. With a, and a, a nice good finish. An <laughs> <laughs> sketch, which would be the, the not kick. the night in the clock news. I think. <laughs> um, well, we're going to end on uh, your choice of song, George. Oh. Um, nice. Why don't you tell us a bit about this song? Well, this is a RC choice, which is the uh, main theme from the film Day for Night by Francois Truffaut, which I like very much. And uh, I thought I'd pick it because the film's all about filmmaking. And uh, it's a lovely piece of music. Uh, it is a classic. In fact, I was trying to find for years trying to find out who, where I could get it. And I, I had a tape of it and I played it to a, a cassette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had it in the car and I played oh. it to this cellist uh, mate of mine. And... Uh, I uh, said, who, who did this? And he just goes, oh, it's Baroque Pastiche. And I had another mate who just went, yeah, it's Baroque Pastiche, mate. And uh, so I never knew what it was. And then uh, that when the internet rolled around, I was able to uh, get hold of it. And uh, this is by George Delarue? I believe so. I'm yeah. not sure. I think it, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, yeah. well, thanks very much for being our guest today, a pleasure. guys. A pleasure. Um, good luck with the rest of the Windsors. Thank you. Thank you. Screen Talk with Dan Clark on Fubar Radio. This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to foobarradio.com for more details.